Listening to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you are richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Now, here's Pastor Josh Vietti. So these are. Uh, am I on here? We good? Yeah. So these are uh, some of the young people that work at the church and uh, that I work with closely. And I said. You know what? It's, we've been having this uh, creative meeting. I, we call it a creative meeting, but really it's a, it's a meeting where we uh, discuss pretty deep things. And uh, we discuss what the Bible says versus what we've been taught. And we're not, our, our goal is not to think about and try to figure out where the church is going wrong. Our goal is to figure out how we can do it right. And, um, and we looked at this idea of spiritual gifts and calling and mission and the, the fact that we were one body. And it kind of threw us all off our horse a little bit. And, and, and it made us realize, you know, we started thinking about things we didn't normally think about, and it started making us realize how much we don't know. Um, it's funny. I, I knew a lot when I was 21, man. I knew so much. And, um, and my knowledge has, uh, has grown, but, I, yeah, I didn't know less, right? Uh, I had an interesting, eventful morning. I'm not at my best this morning. I'm going to be honest with you. So uh, if you expect nothing, I will blow your mind. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I don't know if you guys know this about me. And I also like to take naps. And, um, I hope my, my wife's not listening to this one, but I took a nap yesterday. I kind of, I hid. I went to the, my office and I slept for a little bit. Um, because I took a hard bike ride yesterday morning. It was tough. It was really difficult. And so I slept a little bit and then I woke up and I was like, you know what? I need some caffeine. It's 5.30, right? So I just chugged a ton of caffeine. I was like, I can stay up late. I can do this still. I'm, I'm 41. I, I can handle it. And uh, I ended up staying up till two in the morning. That was fine. It wasn't a big deal. I thought, you know, I can get up and and, uh, and finish uh, everything in the morning and be here by second service, right? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. And um, in the middle of the night, I heard a noise, and, um, and and it didn't bother me at first. And then all of a sudden, it just the panic hit. And I think, oh no, I forgot that I left a, uh, a chest. It was a tool chest. Don't ask me why I have a tool chest because uh, I don't use tools. Uh, I, I had it was full of books and journals, and it was in the back of my truck. And sure enough, I went outside and someone had stolen it. So, so that was this morning. So I started driving around, and I'm looking for it. I'm just looking for it. I'm like, they're going to open this up, realize it's not expensive tools, it's just weird journals and stuff. I'm going to find this thing, right? Prayed. I asked God. I, I didn't find. It. I was looking everywhere. I was looking everywhere. What I did see were there was cop. There was cops everywhere. I mean, there were cops all over my neighborhood. I was like, man, this is nice. I can't believe there are so many cops out here. Then I realized what they were doing was blocking my neighborhood off completely so that we couldn't get in or out because of this 5K race today, right? So, so I went from one panic mode to the other. I was, I was defeated. I, I came back. I couldn't find my, 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 uh, my, my little toolbox uh, with my type of tools, right? Um, and I was driving, and I look over, and I see this, like, black thing. And I was like, what is that? And I went over there, and it was, it was my toolbox. It was there. It was there. And... Uh, and it's good because uh, there were journals and books like this one right here that I'm going to share with you guys a little bit later. This book right here means a lot to me. And I have notes in these books. And I'm like, man, that's so important to me. My wife is like, when are you going to come home? I'm like, I'm going to find this thing, man. 
I'm going to go out in the riverbed and trudge and do what I got to do. I'm going to become one of the river people for a while, right? There are river people, by the way. Have you guys seen them? Yeah, I live close. Anyway, you guys didn't need to know all that, but I just wanted to tell you, if we get through this, I'm going to count that as a win. All right, so anyway, I'm kidding. I'm joking. You guys don't know me very well. It's a, it's a uh, dry sense of humor. How many of you guys are tired today? Anybody, anybody else tired? Yeah? All right, so me and five of you are, are on the same page. The rest of you guys are well, uh, well rested, and you take care of yourselves. Good, good for you. Good for you. Okay. Um, so this is the third teaching in what feels like it's been a very long series, and um, I've been doing this mostly third service, and so you guys haven't got all of it, but if you want to go back, what we're doing is we're doing series. I, I, it's kind of confusing because my dad and I are doing different services, and then sometimes I'm doing two, and sometimes it, it's all his fault, okay? If you have problems, email him. I have nothing to do with the schedule. It's all his fault. So, um, but I'm trying to do series so that when you go online, you can watch them together. So if you look at my graphics and you look at his graphics, they are connected. They're all kind of similar. And you guys can just do that. If you catch something that, you know, you need for a season, you can go. So the first uh, teaching was a couple weeks ago. We talked about One Love. Uh, the second teaching was a, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, it was, I don't even know the dates. But we talked about One Body. It's all online. You guys can check it out. And today I'm going to talk about One Mission. And then in a couple of weeks, uh, Nicole Dickey is going to end this uh, series and talk about the Holy Spirit. So it should be good. should be good. So it's kind of cool. I love the variety that we're, uh, that we're having these days. A lot of the pastors that don't get to speak very often, they're speaking first service and Wednesday nights, and then my dad's doing whatever he's doing. I don't know where he's at right now, to be honest. Um, no, he's in, I'm, I'm kidding. He's in Vegas right now. He's, he's in Las Vegas. And he actually uh, he filled in for me a couple weeks ago because I had the stomach flu which I gave to him, and then he toughed it out and spoke still. So it, uh, uh, he's just tougher. It's those boomers. You guys are tougher. It is what it is. When I, you complain a lot, but you're tougher. Okay? I mean, let's, let's give credit where credit's due, right? A little bit of complaining, but you guys are tough. I will say that. Your parents, though, that was the real tough generation, right? <laughs> oh man, it's crazy right now, isn't it, the world? We need, we need, we need God's word, huh? Let's pray this. Father, we just thank you for this day. And Lord, I pray, God, that what you want to happen would happen today. Lord, I'm weak, I'm tired. But that means that you can shine all the more. So many days when, um, when we don't feel our best, Lord, you fill in the gaps. I would almost prefer it to be that way. And so I pray, Lord, today that you would speak to us. You would show us what you want to show us, Lord, and that I wouldn't insult anybody. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I have a question. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Okay, you child of God, that's good. Is, it, is there more to you? We're all different, right? We were all born uh, in a different spot. Uh, actually, probably a lot of us were born at Memorial Hospital here in Bakersfield. Anybody? Yeah, okay. But besides that, you know, we were born in different places, in different homes, different cultures. Uh, our parents spoke different languages. Some of us uh, you grew up with one parent. Some of you grew up with two parents. Some of you grew up with no parents. Um, and, and, and life isn't fair, right? Some people have a tougher go and some people don't. But what I've learned is that everyone deals with their own problems at a different level, right? And so I was thinking about this today. I was like, who are you? Are you a scientist? Are you the type of person that's a scientist who just is a daily grind kind of person? 
but you find purpose in that daily grind. You're always experimenting. You're always trying. You're always going back to the lab, and you're trying over and over to make sure things work. And if you're that type of person, then failure doesn't bother you. You're like, you know what? A failure is something to learn by, right? And you move on. Are you that type of person? Patience, right? I think of a scientist as being patient. Or are you a soldier? You, you were born to, to wreck things, to break things, to crash things, to, to move forward, right? And what's great about soldiers is uh, they don't have to wonder if it's important to fight in a battle. They realize that when they're in a battle, they have no choice but to fight in a battle. And they also realize how important training is when they're in that battle, right? And uh, some, of you are, you, some of you guys are soldiers, and it's, it's hard. Honestly, uh, my dad's a soldier, and he, and he was a harder father to, uh, to live under than he would have been if he was a scientist to allow, you know, but he, he, he was a scientist in a way too. He did allow us to uh, experiment a little bit and fail, but my dad's a, he's a, he's a go-getter and he's a, he's that type of person. So some of you guys were, were, were raised by that type of person. Some of you are that type of person and you have no patience. You have no patience for the people in your family. You think they don't care. They don't get it. But the truth is, you know, maybe they don't care. I don't know what their situation is, but maybe they do care. Maybe they're just different. One of the best things that my dad has allowed me to do is he's allowed me to be myself. And, um, and I appreciate that very much. I'm not, I don't sound like him, okay? I don't look like him. I'm a little fatter. I, I don't take care of myself. Um, I'm trying to. I went on a really good bike ride yesterday, but it was so hot. What am I, a boomer? Am I complaining? Okay, so I'm going to stop doing that. So <laughs> it's okay to have a little bit of fun, right? Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it, life is, we're all different, right? We're all different. And my dad allowed me to be who I am, and so I sound different, but we have the same heart. It's so funny when we teach and we speak, we always end up with the same um, theme, and, and we don't talk about it. It's the weirdest thing. It's because we have the same heart. It's because we have the same God, right? Maybe you're a patient farmer. Maybe the person that plants seeds and you live by faith, believing it'll rain. You say, I'm going to do my part, but I know God's going to do his part. Maybe you're that kind of person. And maybe you're some other type of person. I don't know who you are because I don't spend every day with you, right? But you know who you are. And I think that sometimes um, that brings forth good feelings, right? And sometimes that brings forth uh, bad feelings. You're like, I know who I am. I know I'm going to mess up again, right? And it, and it affects our confidence. That's how I am. I uh, I fail a lot. I mess up a lot. I'm very far. I was thinking about this morning. I was driving here. I was like, man, Josh, you're a mess. My truck was a mess. I didn't get any sleep. I'm driving around the neighborhood. I'm just a mess. I didn't even shave well. Like, I could have trimmed a little bit. I didn't, I'm just a mess. And there's so many other things beyond the surface that, that, that bother me even more that I won't get into because you guys would all leave the church. But um, <laughs> that's kind of not a joke. Anyway, uh, we struggle. And for those of you that care, if you care about how you are representing God and you care about how much, you, you, how much of an effect you're having in the church, then you're going to care about how well you're doing as a Christian. And I've always struggled with, um, with feeling good about how I do. And I know that God is always, even right now, just always looking down and saying, I got you. In this time, I got you. Now, don't make it a habit, Josh. Don't complain. Don't, don't be a, a, a wimp. You're stronger than that. You're better than that. 
right? And then God, God encourages us through each other. That's what should happen, right? I mean, what, what should happen? And I see some frowns out there, a few. It's hard to see. It's kind of bright. I see some smiles, too. There are different people here that have gone through different things this week. There are people who are going through the fire right now, through, through major trials, through uh, health issues, or maybe an issue with a family member, or maybe it's finances, or maybe your marriage is on the last, last, last string, right? Welcome to the church. Welcome to the church. You look around, and there's not a lot of perfect people here. That, um, somebody was asking me the other day, what's the coolest thing about uh, VBF, or what, what's one of the, um, I forget the word, uh, uh, just what's one of the uh, good things about VBF? And I just said, it's so, it's so diverse. It really is. There's so many different types of people here. And our church has always been known as an encouraging church, right? But it's been a tough couple of years. I want really badly for myself first, and then I want you guys to just come with me, and I want to be a church that encourages each other above anything else, right? Like, we love each other. We really do care. And, and we don't judge. What's that guy doing, in, what's that guy doing here uh, at church? I, I saw him at the bar the other day. What, what were you doing in the bar, right? Um, just drinking water and judging. Okay, I get it. But we are one body. We're, we're part, we are individually, right, parts of one body. That means that if someone in my body, someone in, uh, in, in, this, in this church is hurting, then, then it hurts me too. It should. I should feel it. I should notice it. So when you leave today, okay, simple stuff. If you see somebody that's down, encourage them. Put your hand on their back and say, hey, it's going to be all right. They're going to say, but you don't understand. No, I understand. Because I've been there, and it's all right. We live in this world where we have cancel culture, and if somebody messes up, we kick them out. And you know, uh, in, in our society, and and, and you know, they're ostracized, and they get kicked off of Facebook. Ooh, yeah. The church isn't like that. We're not a church of cancel culture, right? We're a church of we're going to take care of each other. We're a church of if somebody's hurting and and they're sick, then we're gonna we're gonna get them in the hospital and get them the the the, the care that they need, right? And so today when I talk about one mission, what I want to talk about is understanding our mission. And I'm going to talk about calling. I'm going to talk about gifts. I'm going to talk about uh, us individually. But, I, but, but, but this is all in the container uh, of this whole series. And this isn't just a series, by the way. This, is, this, this whole uh, teaching has been an opportunity for me to work with a lot of the young leaders and, and focus on what's the most important thing uh, that God has called us to do. This started off with one love. Love is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Number one, numero uno. That's the, no, that's the number one thing. You know how I know that? Jesus said so. When Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing in the world? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? He said love. That's what he said. And the church should be known by their love. John said that. Are we known for our love for each other? Are we? I think we are in some, in some cases, in some circles, but could we do better? I think we could, right? We could. And I, look, I know uh, my dad and I aren't always in the best moods, and we kind, of, we kind of come up and we say things, and if something's in our crawl, we'll, 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 just, we'll, we'll just be grumpy pastor that day, you know? But we love you guys, and we try our best to tell the truth. And the truth is the word of God. And the word of God... Um, 
is when God uses the Bible, uses the fellowship with one another to actually speak to us. The word of God is when he comes down and says, Bob, I'm going to pick on you, Bob, because you're always right there. He says, Bob, I love you. I got you. I know you're going through something, but I got you. That's what God says to us. So why wouldn't we reciprocate that by saying that to other people, right? We don't need to tell, we don't need to tell God, hey, I got you. God's like, I'm good. We need to say it to the others around us. That's why he gives us that love, and that's why he gives us that encouragement, right? How many of you guys feel bad about yourself? Like, if you felt bad about yourself this month at, at one point, yeah? Like, the same people that uh, didn't sleep. So uh, there's something there. There's definitely something there. How many of you guys hate raising your hand uh, when people do this? Yeah, okay, fair enough. So there's three, there's three parts to the mission that I want to talk about today. And the first part is, um, is the calling. The calling, we hear it all the time. The calling. I, I, I put this picture up there because I thought that's what we think of when we think of a calling. Like, it's gonna, you're going to lead to that, right? Um, and I don't mean any disrespect to this, this man. I don't know what he, I think he's a priest. I'm not sure. Uh, just internet picture. Um, but he takes himself seriously. And again, no disrespect. He could be a good guy. But I think that we get frustrated because we think that we're supposed to look a certain way. We think that we're supposed to be a certain way. Um, I was joking, but I was actually kind of serious. I told someone the other day, I was like, there's no way that me and a couple of my friends would be allowed to be pastors at a church anywhere else. That, that's the truth. I mean, that's not, we, we do not look the part. We do not act the part. Uh, we, we're, not, we're not that guy. And, 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 and I, I'm not saying that that's a good thing, okay? I'm not, I'm not saying that's good. But the fact that I've been able to live out my calling here is amazing. And, and, and my calling, by the way, is no different than your calling. And we've always seen that. And we've always known that. Our callings are all the same. And so my job is just to help you live out your calling, right? Now, what is a calling? First of all, I'm going to read some verses um, uh, where the word calling is used specifically. Real quickly, Romans 11:29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That's cool, right? The call in your life is irrevocable. He gives it to you. You think you can mess it up, but you can't because he's not going to take it away. You might lose out on some blessings. You might have to take some alternate routes if you mess up pretty bad, but he's never going to take away your calling. Who needs to hear that today? He's never going to take it away, ever. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter who you are, right? That's a beautiful thing. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. And I need to go to the next verse on that one, uh, which I didn't give them. But anyway, the point gets to that it's not based on who you are naturally. It's based on who God is calling you to be, right? And where God is calling you to be, right? When, we, when God calls us, he's leading us to the place we're supposed to be. Uh, Ephesians 4.1 says this, I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you've been called. Right? It's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to be called by God. Um, I'm going to go down to Hebrews 3.1. Hebrews 3.1, skip them. Uh, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. So in our calling, Jesus is the head. He's the, he's the one. And so if you're always wondering, what do I do? You look at the life of Jesus. What did he do? He looked out for people. He healed them. He fed them. He spent a lot of time with a few people, and he made disciples, right? So the word calling, what it means is it means invitation. It's very simple. 
It means an invitation. And I had, a, this, I had this epiphany this week about calling. And I think that sometimes we confuse calling with the promises of God. A calling is not a promise from God. A calling is an invitation. When you receive an invitation to a party or an invitation to a wedding, uh, is, there, is there any responsibility on your part? Yeah. You have to RSVP. You have to go get a gift often. You, you have to dress nice, right? You have to prepare, and you have to actually show up to that party. That's what a calling is. God's saying, hey, I got this, I got this invitation, and I want you to come with me. And the calling is going to lead you to the, 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 the Zoe life, the right, the right life where you will find purpose in your work, where you'll find passion in your life, where you'll find love for one another, right? That's what God is calling you to. But you have a responsibility versus a promise, right? A promise is something that also comes with expectation, right? If you confuse calling with promise, it can mess you up pretty bad because you could think that God owes you something, right? God, you told me you're going to do this. And, you know, God is telling you back, uh, but you didn't do anything I said for you to do, nothing. But you don't hear that part because you're too busy being upset about the fact that God didn't give you what you thought he should give you. But what he gave you was an invitation, what he, when he called Abraham, he said, go that way, walk. What if Abraham would have sat down? What if he would have done nothing? What if he would have walked the other way? We know that Jonah uh, had a calling on his life, right? Go that way, preach to the Ninevites. But, but he, he, he ran the opposite way, and his life was turmoil. It was difficult, right? And the lesson there is that when you, when you have a calling, you have to be obedient. You have to follow. You have to come. You have to do the things that, that he asked you to do, right? So important to not, not confuse calling with the promise. So the, the calling, and I want you guys to just go and take that thought, and I want you to, to study it on your own. All right? Look up the Greek words. Look up the Hebrew words. The, the, the Greek word for calling is klesis. You can find this on, uh, if you have, uh, we have these uh, keyword study Bibles. If you have one of those, you can do that. But, but all these resources are online now. There's a really cool resource if you guys are into uh, studying deeper. It's called blb.org, Blue Letter Bible. Org. It's kind of a funky, old-looking website, but it is so good. It shows every single Greek and Hebrew uh, word, and it shows their, uh, their number, their strongs. It shows their definitions. It shows their context, where they're used. It's really cool. And so if you want to go deeper into these things, I think it's important to do that, right? Because how many of us even think about calling as an invitation? That's what it is. The definition's right there to be found, Right? So the second part of, uh, of mission is, 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 the first part was understanding the calling. The second part is understanding the mission, okay? Understanding the mission. Now, this picture uh, is fun. This is, uh, I Google, I, I saw a YouTube video a long time ago uh, of these priests full-on brawling in the streets of Jerusalem because, um, you know, one, one set of priests uh, ended up fighting. And I don't have anything against priests, by the way. I know it seems like I do, but I just, I thought this was really interesting, right here, that, that these priests are fighting, literally fighting. I mean, you can see right here, this guy has a broom. I think it's the guy taking the picture. He's got like a photo, he's got a camera, and he's got a broom. He's going to, who knows what he's going to do with that thing. The, the security guy is like, seriously? I woke up this morning, went to work, and this is what's happening? These priests are fighting? So why did I put that picture up there when I talk about mission? One time we uh, went to Martin Luther King Park, and we were going to feed the homeless. And when we got there, there's another, there another group. 
And we got closer and we got closer and we thought, great, another group. They didn't want us there. <laughs> so these are our homeless people. We're feeding them. <laughs> you own them? Did you bring them with you? I'm confused. Like, <laughs> these are your homeless people? Like, what is it? What is this? You mean this is weird, right? But as a church uh, leader, you start to understand that, that the coldest place on earth is another church. You walk in, you're like, oh, I'm, I don't belong here, you know? I've learned to not care about it much, but I used to care a lot more. See, when we um, get into our own mission, sometimes we get into our mission so much that we get frustrated when other people don't join us, right? We get frustrated when people don't feel the passion or feel the excitement that we feel about what God is calling us to do. But the truth is, God isn't calling them to do it. God is calling you to do it. And if you're excited one day, and then you're down and depressed and you quit the next day, then they're going to think that it was inauthentic, right? But if, if you're excited one day and they don't see it, and you're excited the next day and they see it, and you're excited the next day and they see it, they might say, hey, there's something, on, there's something going on here. And may, they may join you, they may not. It depends on what God is calling them to do. But if they don't, they'll appreciate you. They'll respect you. There's a lot of people that are doing great things in this church and in the, uh, uh, I would say, cousin churches, sister churches, uh, all the people that we know, lots of friends that have come through this church that I've met and are lifelong friends. And I look at them and I say, you're doing something good. And I'm all about giving them a high five. I'm not, I'm not working with them every day because I, I, I have my thing, you know. But I give them a high five. I'm happy for them. When somebody's successful in the church, I'm proud of them. That makes my heart glad. That makes me glad. It really does. I love seeing people choose to actually implement some of this stuff that we teach, right, in the Word. And, and, they, and they actually become successful because God is looking out for them. That's an awesome thing. That's an awesome thing. Uh, Brad over in Ventura, man, he, he's doing such a good job, Pastor Brad. Uh, he, he, it was rough. Starting that church was not easy. Uh, one of these days we'll tell you the whole story. And it was just, it was not, we, didn't, we cannot write the book on how to plan a church. But it worked because God was behind it. And it's going well over there. It's going really well. So the mission, understanding the mission. I, what I did um, to understand the mission of the church was I went to the source. I went to the greatest source I could think of, and that was the end of each gospel. And, um, man, I don't know where I'm at on time. Uh, again, this 930 thing throws me off. I think I'm good, right? What time do you guys want to leave? I do care. I mean, I, if there's a vote, I would, I would listen. Um, I'm here for you. I've already, I've already done all this. But um, <laughs> it's funny because some people are like, preach it. And the other person's like, I am so hungry. <laughs> it's so funny. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be on time. Um, so the mission, um, I, looked at, I looked at the end of each gospel. And uh, it was eye-opening for me because I hadn't done it in a while, and I had forgotten some things, and I re was reminded of some things that are really interesting. I looked in Matthew 28, which I always tend to uh, gravitate towards Matthew. I like John a lot, too. Mark and Luke, I don't know why, but I don't gravitate to those as much. They're great, awesome, wonderful books. Uh, but Matthew has always been uh, the number one, and then John's really starting to kind of, yeah, I, I rate the Gospels. I can do that, I think. Um, but, but some speak to you more than others, right? And uh, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 says, says this. Um, in verse 18, Jesus came to the disciples. He said, all authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, because I have the authority. Jesus says, because I have the authority, go, you go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus, he sandwiches this great uh, commission uh, with, I am with you always, right? And I have all the authority, so you're good. You're good. So your calling here is to go, make disciples. And a disciple is a student. And I always think that there's many different ways to make a disciple, right? You can hang out with somebody on the daily and, and be with them. And that's a wonderful way to do it, mentoring somebody. Some of you guys are older in the faith, and you're bored. You're bored. You need to find a younger person, and you need to mentor them. You need to help them because they need you, right? And then there are other people who uh, just... They, 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 they need to be involved in, 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 in making disciples their own way. I think um, I like to make people think, and I teach, and I do that. And so my goal is to make people interested in the Bible and interested in, in the Word of God and interested in uh, these ancient teachings that have a lot of relevance today so that they will become a student themselves. That's why I give you guys resources. I'm like, I know that some of you guys are going to take this seriously. You're going to go, and you're going to get the most out of this sermon later this week when you actually are studying it yourself, right? Um, and so it, that's one of the part of the Great Commission. In, uh, in Mark, now Mark didn't sit well with me. I didn't like the end of Mark. Um, and I've never liked it. it it's, a, it's a weird tone to me. I don't really like the tone. And, and I found out that it was, uh, the end of Mark was actually added about 200, they say at least 200 years later. It wasn't actually written in the original uh, study. So I just, I just, uh, I X'd it out. Not out of the Bible. It's still in the Bible, but it's in my notes. I just, uh, I'm skipping it because it says a lot of the same things. So if you're a mature Christian, a mature believer, it says a lot of the same things as Matthew. But it also talks about poisonous snakes. And some people will, uh, you know, take the snakes and go let them bite them on purpose. I'm like, why would you do that? There's rattlesnakes out there. Why would you ever let a rattlesnake bite you on purpose? That's called, that's like testing God. You guys aren't like that. I get it. But Mark bugs me, so I'm going to move on. Luke, uh, Luke 24, uh, Luke 24, uh, I'm going to go to verse 44. Then he said to them, Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Isn't that, isn't that funny? They were with him for three full years, and they didn't get it yet. He just barely opened their minds to it. And he said to them, it's written that the Christ should suffer on the third day, but rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are the witnesses. You are the ones who saw it yourselves. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Now, the book of Luke doesn't really end here because it picks up in the book of Acts. Luke wrote Acts, and, and then we see at the beginning of Acts where the Holy Spirit comes on the church. And Nicole's going to talk about that in a couple of uh, weeks. But the idea is that you share what you see, right? You share what you see. You're a witness to what God does. And there, he was talking to the disciples specifically, but the disciples hadn't even had the Holy Spirit yet. So for us, we actually have more than they had at this point. We have the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how many of us are utilizing and asking the Holy Spirit for help. But he helps. 
right? So those, it's good to go back and, and study those yourself. You can even look at Mark and you can decipher for yourself what you think about that and study it. It'll probably put you down a whole rabbit hole. I don't recommend rabbit holes, but hey, do what you want to do. John, however, is different. John spoke to me a lot. John ends differently than the other, th the other uh, three Gospels. John doesn't end with Jesus giving this great proclamation. Do it. Go for it. You guys got this. John ends with a story about Jesus and Peter. John 21.15 says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, this is after Jesus had risen, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. And then he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And then Jesus looked at Peter and told him how he was going to die. Verse 18, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands. You will stretch out your hands. He, he died on a cross, right? Just like Jesus. And another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. Which Peter must have been mature enough to know what kind of death he was marching toward. Would you want to know that? Somebody said yes. All right. That's awesome. It really is. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Follow me. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're going to, it's going to get ugly, Peter, but until then, follow me. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. You imagine the rewards that Peter has in heaven for walking toward that fate, just like Jesus did. I mean, what an honor. But Peter didn't quite get it at this point yet. He, he turned and, verse 20 says, he turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, the words written here, the disciple whom Jesus loved, were written by the disciple whom Jesus loved. Which I think it's funny, because it's John. He wrote this and he says, you know, the disciple that, that Jesus loved, that's, that's me. See, Peter and John had this rival, rivalry. They had this competitive thing going. And so when John wrote this story about Peter having this thing with Jesus, couldn't help it but to say, Jesus likes me better, Peter, but, you know, here you are. And so Peter saw, turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? And Peter saw him and he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man, the man that Jesus loved? What about John? What about him? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? What is that to you? How many times when we think about our calling, we think about our role, we think about who we are, how many times do we compare ourselves to others? How many times do we sell ourselves short by saying, at least I'm doing better than that, that person? right? And how many times do we justify actions because another person is doing them, right? We compare, we, we compete. It causes a sour spirit in the church. 
And as I grow into leadership, I have a crew of young people that hate that. We hate division. You know why? Because God hates division. We love unity. And I know that I'm not the nicest guy all the time, but I promise you, I'll always tell you the truth. And I'll always look out for you guys. Jesus said, you follow me, Peter. You don't worry about him. His life is not your life. You have the opportunity to follow me yourself. And when we do that, when we have that kind of attitude of following him, no matter what, then we're going to look out for each other more because we're going to realize that everyone's on the same boat, following in the way that they're supposed to follow. And everyone has their own struggles, struggles we don't see. It's easy to judge people. Like, oh, you grew up rich, man, or you grew up, you know, you grew up with a good family, you know, or you grew up with muscles, you know. <laughs> you, you, you grew up with lots of cars, you know, lots of stuff. Everyone has struggles. Everyone. Some of the richest people on the planet are the most messed up, you know. Well, sorry for them. It's funny, we, uh, some of the poorest people on the planet are actually the happiest. When we used to go to Mexico, I miss going to Mexico. We would go down there and we would go to missions uh, trips and we'd hang out with these people. I had no idea. I, I don't speak Spanish. I would love to speak Spanish. If anybody has any pointers of what I should use to do that, I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, but I, I didn't understand every word that, that was spoken down there, but I understood the looks on their eye, in their eyes and the smiles on their faces and the, just the, the happiness that they had. And one guy, I remember one old man who had a, a bad knee and, um, you know, he was, I don't know how old he actually was, but old enough to where we would expect him to be retired and not have to work. But, it, but down there, he had to work and probably wanted to work. He probably wanted to. And he was bothered that his leg was hurt, that he couldn't work. And the, 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 the nearest hospital, we were down in Mulehe, the nearest hospital was uh, in La Paz, I think. It was like two and a half hours away. Um, and they didn't have, like, good cars. I mean, it was like, you know, maybe one person in the neighborhood has a car and it, maybe it'll make it, maybe it won't. And so they didn't have a chance to just go into the ER, go into the urgent care. But we learned very quickly that that was a blessing because then they were able to see God move in ways that we don't. And this old man, we were praying for him. And this is like one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen. He, he goes like this. He's all, just kind of starts moving. And then he's just doing this. And he's like jumping at the end, like fully jumping, like fully healed. It was crazy. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen because he had faith. He believed. He's like, yeah, this works. This works. And he moved on. And I don't know about you guys, but I would rather have that kind of medical plan. I don't know, right? I have to sit in the ER for hours and hours. And so, so this idea of, of looking at each other and wondering what we're doing, you know, like I, I think that this has a lot to do with mission. Um, I want to talk about identity uh, next, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to push that off to another sermon because uh, I want Vince, my, my buddy Vince, and maybe a couple other guys to help me out with that. So uh, I think we might have another one between here and Easter. Uh, by the way, Easter's on its way. It's coming. Uh, we're going to be rocking and rolling and doing the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing, everything you expect. Everything you expect that we shouldn't do again, we're going to do. We're going to do it. <laughs> you don't have to be excited. Uh, it's fun for the kids, right? We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be together, and the whole church is going to be connected, and uh, it'll be crowded, so get here early. Um, that's going to be happening in a couple weeks. Um, but I'm going to finish this later, at a later time. I think it's fun sometimes just to talk to you guys like, like humans. You know, that's a pff, wow. It actually works. 
Let's pray this. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. God, you really are good, and you really have taken care of us every step of the way, and you will take care of us. Lord, it's funny how we forget how many times you have come through, and then we think that the next time you're not going to, but you always will. You're always with us. And Lord, I pray, God, that our church would, would be united in mission by being humble followers of you. I pray, Lord, that we would have the ability to focus more on you and focus more on what you're calling us to do. And in that, having more fellowship and greater uh, connection with each other. Lord, God, we love you, Lord, and we need you. And I just pray, God, that you would go with this church, Lord, and just invigorate us and excite us, Lord. I pray, God, that for the next few months um, that my dad would, would, would be where he needs to be, that he wouldn't get tired. He's got a lot going on. He feels so many burdens. I pray for him, Lord, and now, Lord, that you would just release him of those burdens and release him of the, the, um, just the pressure, Lord, and let him know that it's, it's you that's leading this church. It's not him. It's not me. It's not any of the board members. It is you, and it always has been you. And, Lord, you've never failed us. And so I thank you, God, for 2022. It's much better than 2021. And I know that 2023 is going to be even better. So we praise you. And we just we get up, Lord, and we are going to go out in our lives. And we're going to live for you. And we're going to dig. And we're going to find you everywhere we look. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.